Hello and welcome back to the first episode of Filmhouse in 2018. Wow, it is. You're right. Is it? Is it? No. No. It's the second episode. Welcome to the second episode of <laughs> Filmhouse in 2018. Joined by uh, James, Bruce, and Elise. Please hey. state my title, please. Uh, pff, boy. Best actress in a musical or comedy. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and then to my right, the best original song, Elise. Oh. And uh, <laughs> slightly to my left, uh, best miniseries or TV film. Wait. I'm so small. Strange. Uh, impactful. Today, okay, all right. Today we're going to talk about awards and how little they mean. How uh, dare you? But before we get there, <laughs> uh, do you want to let you know that this uh, episode of Film House is brought to you by Lisa Mattress. Just Lisa, we're going to call her. Old Lisa. You get to sleep on top of it. And okay. we're going to... We're gonna have a little deal for you. <laughs> we have a little promo code. Really selling it. You awake, Adam? I am suffering right now. What's I'm, the matter? Um, Stomach issues. We, we, Are you too much money? <laughs> four, four hours of sleep is good now. Mm-hmm. Ugh, that's about geez. what I'm at. Uh, and then I made the mistake of getting a standing desk, so that's been fun. Well, you can sleep at your desk. He's, he's been, beg- he's been begging for no, that. No, no, I, no. I want it. I, I thought it would keep me more awake, made and now it's mistake. just tiring me out. Oh, no. he's, yeah. he's been throwing it in my face for the last yeah. 24 hours. <laughs> Either way. But we can talk about standing desk later. So the uh, Golden Globes are this weekend. I don't watch them. Uh, Does anybody watch the Golden Globes? I don't have cable. I, don't I can't watch, watch anything. But I do follow the results. I, I follow the results, yes. well, but I don't yeah. watch the show. I watched a clip of Amy Poehler during okay. Seth, Ro- uh, Seth Meyers' intro because I love Amy Poehler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was incredible. Everyone watched the Oprah speech. I watched the Oprah speech, yeah. Mm -hmm. Everyone watched Tommy Wiseau trying to butt in on James Franco. I think a lot of people watched Natalie Portman uh, do her little... And the nominees for best male director. Oh, yeah. All the all the male not the all male not yeah all male for best nominees. director. Oh, I didn't. I haven't seen that. Yeah, she yeah. was throwing some shade. Ron Howard. He was cool with it. I think. Oh. And he's uh, like, I am white. Thank you. That's all is man. coming out in four months. No one's shown anything. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Actually, by this point, there the, might have been. I think the Golden Globes have also historically been the place where, uh, the, it's the loose one. You know, the Oscars is buttoned up. You gotta look good. It's also corrupt as hell, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of just the precursor to the Oscars. They, they sort of establish yeah. the tone of like, well, this movie probably will get nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. Mm. This person. And, and the Golden Globes are helmed and voted on by the Foreign Critics Association, right? Oh, I don't know. I think it because it's, you know, the Oscars are uh, based. Hollywood Foreign Press, right? The Hollywood Foreign Press. Okay. Yeah, that's right, what it is, right. yeah. Um, and I so I don't think it's <laughs> the kind of people, like you don't get, People who are in the industry don't get their don't get ballots and stuff. It's yeah. just like a critic circle that that vote on who they think is the best. Okay. So it's interesting because you generally don't see awards like you do in the Academy Awards, where it seems like the thing that has the most buzz wins. Like you don't see La La Lands. Right. I mean, I think they did win a lot of Golden Globes, but like it's not necessarily distributed the same way, but it does somehow indicate a pathway. It creates, it starts the buzz. You're, you're exactly right. For I, what then people vote on without having seen for the Academy Awards. I've heard a lot about the Golden Globes and how they, they try and establish trends on their own. Mm-hmm. So they're like saying, hey, don't forget about Man in the High Castle on Amazon, and then mm-hmm. they give it an award, and everyone's like, what the fuck? Why well, did they give this show an award? That was mm-hmm. the Kelsey Grammer show years ago, Boss. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> like, Boss wins every award. And I was like, what the fuck is Boss? And Apparently like, it was a really good show. Seasons. Mm-hmm. I heard it was a really good show, but, but, but you're right. Nobody knew what Boss was when they gave it awards. I, I do like that the Golden Globes hold film and television in a pretty close regard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I do think it's kind of weird that the Academy Awards, eh, it makes sense because of the tradition. But, like, there's a lot of good 
really expensive, well-made television. Yeah, especially now, I think that they are more on the same playing field as Mm -hmm. ever. Absolutely, they are. Yeah, and uh, and cross-population among talent, peering Mm -hmm. in both. Like, you know, uh, you'll get someone like Laura Dern that's on Big Little Lies, and then she's also in Star Star Wars. Wars, Like, it's Mm -hmm. not as as uh, taboo anymore. Not at all. Obviously, for for film actors to do television. Mm -hmm. So I think Mm -hmm. it's it used to feel like. This was the night of the year that the TV stars could kind of rub elbows with yeah. the elite. And it was like, come out of the swamp for once, you have troglodytes. Yeah. <laughs> but now it just kind of feels like... They're all bit. the same. Yeah. They basically, I mean, they're they all have rich. Been, they have been for, I want to say, the last 10 years or so. That's when the TV sort of entered a new golden age. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Platinum. I actually appreciate that about the Golden Globes now. Although they didn't used to have that advantage. Just because <laughs> the Emmys, no offense, but the Emmys are kind of garbage. Yeah. Those are like trash awards. I mean, they're all trash. But. Because it's like Emmys go on for like four days and it's like you won a like the Academy Awards has the non-televised awards, but the Emmy has the non-televised daytime local awards. My cousin won yeah. an Emmy, by the way. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, she did. She we know, a, we, I saw an Emmy in a bathroom once. Man, my friend keeps her Emmy in her bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I literally urinated next to an Emmy. My, yeah, my friend's dad was dating like a newscaster and she just had an Emmy I think in her bathroom see everybody's got Emmy yeah. but, they they but it's a daytime Emmy local <laughs> local regional yeah. Emmys well, and stuff you can also like our friend Carl he has oh. the pre Emmy nom like he never got nominated but he was, he was nominated a for a nomination <laughs> what so I didn't he, know that they, can, they still give like, you a statue no, no but he can absolutely. put that on his, oh, his CD cool. that's like nominated to be nominated uh, a pre nom nom <laughs> he was an editor for uh, Big Tuna <laughs> the reality show Big yeah. Tuna. Big Tuna. Big Tuna. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, uh, what I wanted to do, though, rather than harp on the awards, just because I personally feel like awards criticize the winners. Well, I'm, I'm just saying. I, what I don't like is that awards create pedestals when the there, it's not like there is an op- omnipotent god who's saying this is the best thing of the year. It's a group of jerk offs jerking each other off into the <laughs> yeah. jerk off pile. And there are politics, right? Yeah. Oh, there's politics. And everything's subjective. Absolutely. Yeah. So I that's why I don't really care for the awards uh, or why I don't feel like anyone should really put any stock in it. But I feel like uh, most people watching or listening do take our personal opinions into account for hmm. stuff that they enjoy. So I was hoping that each person here mm-hmm. would have at least one recommendation from something they saw last year my list that perhaps uh, someone did not see. Oh, um, that'd be good. Like so. that it the di- was not acknowledged in the awards either or um, like, so for me personally, the last movie I saw and one that I feel like may have gone under a lot of people's radar was uh, I Tonya. Oh um, yeah. I wanted to see that. It's, it's, it's a great film. Uh, not, I was actually afraid going into it because I watched the documentary uh, Price of Gold, the 30 for 30. Really good. Well done. I felt a little bit of hesitation because I'm like, well, I already know the story. Why would I go see this movie? It's actually a really well done film. There's some iffy CGI on um, some of the stuff done, but it's pretty low budget. It's a fantastic story, which is possibly based in reality. That's sort of a fun thing that the movie does. Yeah, it's like a a very fluid reality. (laughs) And I think it sort of solidifies uh, Margot Robbie as... uh, Probably one of the greatest actresses of our current generation. Definitely, because she sh- mm. for sh- sure shouldn't have been cast as Margot Robbie, or sorry, as, as Tanya Harding. Mm. But oh. she just nailed hmm. what, like, mm-hmm. you know, what we, th- I guess we think yeah, the here, I'll show you. character if of Tanya Harding Tanya is. Tanya Harding, I feel like, probably could have been played by Amy Adams if they were going for looks only. Yeah, I see that. Something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. Yeah. Or uh, Amy Schumer. Oh, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But well, I don't. I don't think they would have been able to... Do as Acted, good of a job yeah. as Margot Mar- well, Robbie. It's it's a strange scale she goes through, and it's it's horrific and it's it's mesmerizing. Well, it's one of the cool things about the movie, Itanya, is that it 
Margot Robbie seems to be portraying the public's version of Tanya Harding, mm -hmm. right? Which the movie also addresses, if you haven't seen it, it addresses what happens when the public gets a hold of a story and then makes judgment calls and then just writes their own narrative kind of mm -hmm. um, between the lines. And so the the story of Tanya Harding was that, oh, she's this redneck, like crazy person, crazy yeah, person, yeah. so jealous of these things. Yeah. And Margot Robbie kind of leans into that. You see actual interviews with Tanya Harding. She doesn't, she doesn't sound necessarily or yeah. look necessarily the way that Margot Robbie portrays her. But Margot Robbie is portraying the perception of her. Mm. And to me, that's a more that's more interesting than just doing an impersonation of someone. Yeah. Yeah. The truth is cases. never interesting. What? Right? Yeah, the yeah. truth is never interesting. Well, yeah, right. you can enhance the truth. But there, there's a there's a fantastic line in the movie that sort of addresses that of like what is truth. And I thought that mm -hmm. sort of it was as far as those types of movies go where they it is a uh, elaborated version of what uh, what do you call it um like a fantastical version of you know real life because real life's boring but i think the tanya harding story is actually far more interesting than most of real life because it's insane but they do acknowledge hey it's a movie so some things are going to be wrong yeah. because we'll never know people just invent their own truths and it breaks the fourth wall and kind of plays with the idea that everyone has a different account of the way things went down mm -hmm. and those accounts are from 30 years ago and people's memories are are fuzzy yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. so it uh it definitely gives you like a uh exaggerated version mm -hmm. of events and I, I liked that it didn't really it was trying to humanize tanya harding and kind of make us feel sympathetic for her and sort of what she went through and how she was discriminated. And it really didn't make Nancy Kerrigan much of a character. Cause I was like, I was like, Oh, they're probably gonna make her a sympathetic character. So mm -hmm. that way, but I thought they did a really good job of family. Yeah, that. So it's I, I, I won't say any more. Yeah. Uh, highly recommend checking it out. Um, well, oh, I'll say one last thing I really did like about it. Uh, they, they did something in this movie that a lot of movies have a hard time with. There's a lot of great acting without words. Hmm. And I feel mm -hmm. like that's hard to do. Emoting. I, Yes, there's there's uh, at least one one or two perfect moments uh, that I think like ones for Margot Robbie, but just like just to show the the range of acting someone can do, which also comes with good directing, good editing. Mm -hmm. So overall, it is a great film. I really want you guys to go see it. And so. as it pertains to the Golden Globes, I do think that Margot Robbie's performance was stronger than Saoirse Ronan's mm. in Lady Bird. That being said, I feel like Laurie Metcalf's Calf's performance in Lady Bird was much stronger than Allison Janney's in Itania. I would agree with you <laughs> on both those counts, James. Uh, swap the awards. Swap they keep the swap. same number, right. but they got to swap them. Okay. Laurie Metcalf in Lady Bird is the best performance of the year, oh, bar right. none. Uh, I'm not recommending Lady Bird as my movie. My movie that you may have missed this year is Pirates of the Caribbean. Dead <laughs> All Man. right. Yeah, okay. you should go see that for sure. Um, it only made a billion that. dollars. Not <laughs> little indie movie that could. It's a little indie movie that could. Uh, I watched it over the weekend. And <laughs> Again? Six no, months after it came out. Yeah, for the first time. It is now on Netflix. If you have American Netflix, you can go watch it right now. You start streaming it right now. Don't watch it. Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man, Tale, No Tales. Now, I know what you're thinking. How can we get Jack Sparrow back into it after uh, such a lame no, outing of never Pirates 4? I didn't care. Well, don't worry, because Jack's back. And <laughs> that's what it should have been called. Yeah, Jack, that should have been the tagline. Jack's, Jack's back. back, and he's brought all kinds of new woolly and wild uh, pirate adventure stuff. Look, there's young Jack. They CG'd his face young in that part. And then, uh, uh, gonna, and then you also got Javier Bardem playing uh, Commander Salazar, who's a guy who gets tricked into accidentally crashing his boat and then becomes a ghost man. And so it was a really great movie. 
We're, this is the kind of movie that we saw in the first Pirates, you know, a real pirate adventure. <laughs> I'm going to ask you in one week's time if you remember any of these She's things. She's in it for like a minute. <laughs> so I will, in James' <laughs> defense, I'll say that this is a much truer to form Pirates than the previous Pirates entry before this. Four? Yes. Tell me less. Well, four, four is, I didn't realize how much time a Pirates movie could spend, one, on land, <laughs> and, and two... Utterly without action uh, and right. just incredibly boring. Um, this one has some weird spectacle stuff in it that's really good. But it has good. some interesting ideas. It does really feel, though, it's written by someone who doesn't speak English. There's a certain, <laughs> there's a certain, but certain movies do this. You where should, there's you like, should ask Ryan. If, if, if <laughs> there's certain movies do this where it's like you're watching it and you're, you're not sure if the person who wrote it has ever had like a human interaction before because yeah, yeah. like there's jokes and it just don't land and then it's like 30 seconds later you're, oh that was a joke <laughs> um there's action sequences where you feel nothing um which is pretty amazing that happens in every pirates movie i, I think beyond the, the first one. beyond the be, i was gonna say beyond the first one every pirates movie has an action sequence that i'm like this is supposed to be it's so gratu- exciting and i'm yeah. just like it's i don't gratuitous. care um it has some pretty excellent visuals and stuff um you'll see all your favorite characters are back um, Barbarossa's back. Spoiler. Um, it's not. It was in the trailer. Orlando Bloom is in it again. Uh, he's back. So, and it really does t- kind of cap off some of those questions, those lingering questions that you had Everybody's at the end it. of Pirates of the Caribbean three. Everybody has those. What's going to happen to my favorite pirates characters? Is like it? who? Like all of them. Like Orlando Bloom. <laughs> what like are Kira Knightley. Why don't you know his name? Will Turner. <laughs> uh huh. What's her name? And? and the daughter. The daughter. Uh huh. Kira daughter. What's the, She's the what's governor's daughter. What's her name? It's Elizabeth Swan. Even I fucking know uh, that. How'd you know that? Okay, wait. I don't know. Because you do the impressions. What and, impressions? And Captain Barbarossa. Excuse me. Admiral okay, Barbarossa. Real, real quick. Are, is, tell me if I'm wrong here. Okay. Are the pirate movies just Transformers movies? Just swap out Johnny mm, Depp? They yes. haven't gotten Prime. to that point. 100% they are. I'm just saying, the fact, I just realized you can swap out the male and female uh, protagonists with anyone. That doesn't so, matter. And no one can. Here's, no one, as long as Optimus Prime is in the movie, no one gives here's, a fuck. Here's why I would say that maybe it's not fully that that to that point is because this franchise still does require some performance. Transformers is literally a computer-made movie. <laughs> like you want all of the human actors to leave, so you can see just okay. like polygons banging together. Sure. This I, movie, like Javier Bardem's performance, is charismatic. He's pretty good. And but he's, he's covered in CG, but, but it cartoon, still requires yeah. him to be there right, to right. inject life into it. Um, Johnny like, Depp is, like, so fucking played. He's he's literally calls in his lines from the, from the telephone. <laughs> you know? I, just, I feel like if we got the mocap actor and voice actor of Starscream in here, he would tell it differently. <laughs> say, he put his heart and soul the, into Transformers Whoever 6. performs Optimus Prime in the Transformers movies adds nothing to it. Peter you know, Cullen? What adds, He's been what, doing that voice for 45 years. Yeah. What, what adds to it is... Don't click on Bright. Bright, bright <laughs> what, 2 teaser. What adds to the oh, Transformers movies are the CG artists busting their ass, having it crash through an office building and then hit with a solar laser and then burst into a thousand pieces. Um, so that's that's my little film that could... Pirates of the Caribbean, if you haven't checked it out. I want to hear Elise's choice. Tell no tales. We've talked way too um, long about Pirates. Should, it should have been nominated. Uh, Javier Bardem should have gotten a nomination for Best Supporting Actor. And also, Jeffrey Rush. They should have gotten two. <laughs> what? Two nominations. He's already won there. for Shine. Great roles. 
I have my my like full list of movies I like this year, and it's got about twenty five movies on it. But I'm not going to mention any of these ones because a lot of them are are bigger productions you've probably heard of. Right. So no, I'm going to mention the most obscure on my list, mm. which is probably Brigsby Bri- Bri- oh, Brigsby Bear. That's a good answer. Which is Kyle Mooney and RG. Beck Ooh. Bennett. You're and, close. That's fine. Uh, Who is it? Catherine Keener is in this, James. Yeah, is she the mom? Matt she? Walsh. You're just saying names. Is it Catherine Keener? It's not, I don't think it's Catherine Keener. Who's uh, the mom? Billy and, Idol. Uh, uh, Mark Hamill's in this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what is this movie? Uh, I don't want to say too much about it because the plot is pretty interesting, actually. Okay. It's, uh, yeah, I can't even really talk about it. A young man is obsessed okay. with a, television, a child's television series. Yes, that's it. That's yeah. it. So it's post-apocalyptic, um, maybe. Sort of. Look, no, every movie that's ever been made has been made, so don't worry about it. But but it, it's, like, heartfelt. It has funny, okay. quirky moments. as a really good cast. Kyle okay. Mooney I like a lot. Um, but it's a, it's a low-budget little indie it's movie, It's well-written, right? and actually, like, I think a lot of these, a lot of indie movies, movies, they rely on kind of just using imagery and emotion to drive stuff as opposed to having an interesting plot. Mm-hmm. But this actually well, has an interesting plot with an, a decent payoff. Uh, so Did you see Mark Hamill's in it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How is he? He's great. Yeah, it's, it's just weird to see him not as Luke Skywalker or the Joker. So yeah. it's rare that he plays anything other um, than those things. Oh, yeah. Michaela Watkins. I was thinking of Catherine Keener. But what, is, what is the theme of Briggs Briggs Bear? Bear? It's a coming of age if a 30-year-old man were coming of age. <laughs> cool. That's fair. Okay. Uh, so it's uh, what's that one? The Brendan Fraser movie. Uh, Encino Man. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> mummy. It's the Mummy. Oh, sorry, I'm mummy thinking of Blast, oh, Blast from the, the Past. Past. Blast from the Past. Yeah. Not as uh, goofy as that movie, but um, yeah, I. I I'll click on Daddy's Home too. Now click on Daddy's Home too. You just want to see two men kiss. <laughs> uh, all right. Is that all you want to say, Elise? I guess so. There are lots of other movies I loved, but that's the that's, fine. that's the underdog. Uh, we're gonna get to Bruce's, the big one, at the end. But oh, first, boy, I, I don't know. I want to let you guys know. This episode of Film House brought to you by Lisa. Lisa is an innovative direct-to-consumer online mattress brand that is also socially conscious. I'm awake now. I'm going to do this. All right. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Him some coffee. Well, the niacin kicked in. I oh. ate some cashews. <laughs> uh, they are driven by the mission to provide a better place to sleep for everybody. Lisa donates one mattress to a shelter for every 10 that they sell through their 110 program. Over 22,000 mattresses donated so far. Not bad. I mean... That's a nice mattress to get, actually, if you got one donated. I'm jealous. Uh, Lisa also plants one tree for every mattress sold and donates 1% of each employee's time to volunteer for local causes. Uh, Available online or at the Lisa Dream Gallery in Soho, New York City, and Virginia Beach. That's, that's, how far is that for us? That's like a two-day drive. Virginia Beach? We can get there. It's worth it. Try before you buy. Uh, The mattresses are American-made. They ship compressed and embossed. Have you ever done this before? It's pretty cool. It's just like the flattest thing ever, and you just cut open, and just oh, yeah, they pop up. open. I love that. I love it. They just they press it down with one of those hydraulic presses. It's great. So you can try the mattress in your own home for a hundred nights, risk free, free shipping always. You can now try before you buy it over eighty West Elm stores nationwide. So Lisa's patented universal adaptive feel is designed for all types of sleepers and features three premium foam layers. You should try this stuff seriously. If you're looking for a new mattress for either guest room or your main room, if you've got one of those. Uh, good to have. They are fantastic to sleep on. You will sleep so great. Uh, so the mattresses are available in the U.S., the U.K., Canada, and Germany, Deutschland. 
Lisa is continuing to expand its offerings to include the Lisa pillow, blanket, sheets, foundation, and frame, all available online with free shipping. So please check them out. You can get an extra $100 off if you go to lisa.com forward slash filmhouse. That's www.lisa.com forward slash F-I-L-M-H-A-U-S and enter promo code FILMHOUSE. Spelling the words I just did. $100 off. That's $100 off. Also, we used to say Lisa spelled with two E's. L-E-E-S-A. Yeah, we'll have a link for you in the description. Check her out. So thank you, Lisa, for sponsoring this podcast. You have allowed us to talk about Bruce's favorite film of the year last year. Which is at least already is knows his favorite it. film, or is this movie we think they should see? At least, well, I mean, it's a you movie. It's probably my favorite film, but it's also a movie I think you should see, which is Dunkirk. But I'm not going to talk about Dunkirk because oh. everybody already knows it's great. Yeah, we know. Um, yeah, I mean, like, and it's I, in my opinion, it's you know, Christopher Nolan's one of the greatest filmmakers working today, mm. and it's probably his peak work. It's probably the best film he's made to date. Um, but Brave. either way, uh, beyond that, I'm going to go to television. And I'm going to say that's fair. you should watch a show that's three seasons long, and the, and the third season ended this year, which is The Leftovers. Uh, the Leftovers is really interesting. It's a really interesting television show that I don't know. A lot of people didn't catch on to the first season because the first season's fucking weird. Uh, and that's why I liked this show, because it was really, really hard for me to predict what was going on. Um, the show's about the rapture. It's about uh, basically 2% of the world's population disappears. And that's not a lot. Uh, it, it well, but it ends up being you know like loved ones and family members and friends and stuff like that. And it, basi- it basically shows how people are uh, the, the ones that are left over have to deal with those people that are gone. Um, but since it's all based around uh, Christianity and the Bible and the rapture and all that stuff, it's weird. It is weird, uh, and it gets it gets even weirder in the second season and the third season. Totally worth watching. Okay. Um, because especially because the performances are so good. My hesitation is it's uh it's got the or, guys from Lost, right? Um what's his name? Lindelof. David Lindelof. Lindelof, yes. So Lindelof does a great thing at the end of the series. He tells you, he literally tells you uh, uh, there's a character that monologues at the Did you ever finish it? Uh, there's a character that monologues at the end of it that she basically just goes into what happened and why it happened mm. and then it's up to you if you want to believe that or not. Oh, that's great. So you get some Clarification and closure. Because Lindelof was tired of people. I read an article in an interview. Him with him. Yeah, he, he was tired of people uh, being like, "You never give us answers." So he's like, "I'll do it. I'll yeah. give you an. I'll give you an answer. And if you like it, you like it. And if you don't, you don't." Oh, is it, so is the character so. like an unreliable source in that information, where it's like you can choose to know? What? No, no, not at all. But it's all a monologue. Oh, okay. There's no footage to support it. It's just she's just saying what happened, um, and I think that's cool because oh. uh, it's. The, all three seasons call into question whether or not the rapture can actually happen. Um, and Maybe it already did. But and we're all sinners, so that's fuck a, us. That's a very real possibility. Think about it. Uh, but, I mean, I think I think the series gives you a very definitive answer if you look at it uh, overall. But regardless, um, uh, three seasons of really, really good acting. Really good acting. Who's the uh, main dude? Uh, Justin Thoreau. I like Justin Thoreau Isn't a lot. Isn't that the master codebreaker? <laughs> it is the master codebreaker. You're right. Did yeah. you... Did you accept her monologue explanation? You I did? did. I did. So watch the series and let Bruce know whether you also <laughs> agree. It's it's on uh, oh. HBO. Um, so <laughs> he gets you, a cut. So yeah, I, I, I invested in it. Um, mm. No, yeah. So uh, I don't know. I, I I keep telling Elise and James to watch yeah, it. We, I know they have a hard time uh, finishing it. We got so. No, we just have so much. I know. So I get much. it. It's okay. You, oh. I'm not offended at all. My brain. I'll, I'll also throw in real quick honorable mention. Uh, Logan Lucky. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's a, a movie. I think it came and went. It's a Steven Soderbergh film. Uh, very reminiscent of the Oceans movies. Very Oceans 11 y. 
It's a romp. But it's the same director, um, but it's Channing Tatum uh, also worked with uh, Steven Soderbergh on the uh, Magic Mike films, hmm. which actually I heard the second one's really good. I haven't seen it yet. But uh, great movie. Really good. Really well done. Um, I typically stay away from the, the Hick films. I don't typically like uh, the Deep South stuff, but this one is not very annoying. Shout out to a little film card called Guardians of the Galaxies Volume 2. <laughs> you may not have heard of it. Uh, check it out. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know where you can see it. Uh, <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Literally everywhere. No. I know. It's just a goof. Okay. Uh, I want I want to give everyone else a chance to throw out any honorable mentions, anything else worth oh, seeing that God, probably should have watched so last year. I just want our audience to – I want you guys to have – good content to consume i feel like there's too much stuff out there right now uh we always talk about stuff like the good place mr robot there's actually i feel like there's too much good stuff i feel like i need need to do my own personal podcast because i just watch so much (laughs) shit go do it then show i meant i've tweeted about it but dark on came out in netflix december 2018 you told me about that um but uh yeah damn there's just so much i want to hear what james had to say uh, Pirates Six no, is in production. No. Oh, is it really? So I'm pretty Let excited about 6? that. I'm pretty excited Jeez. about Pirates Six coming. <coughs> so yeah. are they going to find a way where they could just CGI uh, Johnny Depp so he doesn't actually have to show up on set? Similar to Iron Man, uh-huh. it's like, all right, just do the voice. We'll no. animate. No, well the Iron thing Man's is, it's fine. a perfect, it's the perfect uh, storm right now. No pirate pun intended, but. Uh, <laughs> There's a perfect storm right now because Johnny Depp needs to work because he's running out of money. So he needs to come back. So they'll get him as much as they want. (coughs) That's true. Yeah. I was going to say, don't watch the OA on Netflix. (laughs) I watched the whole first season. I hated it. I was so bummed. Um, Yeah. Don't watch that. Oh, Taboo. I don't know if anybody watched Taboo with Tom oh, Hardy. Was it bad? I, I watched the first episode, really loved it. No one else wanted to keep watching it. I didn't want to keep I watched, watching it. I watched it every it. week. I can't understand every week a goddamn word so he says. I come over and watch it with you. I watched or? it every single week. <laughs> um, no, but it was, uh, it's pretty boring. Um, there are th- three or four episodes that are very slow. Okay. Uh, but I think the end of the first season is promising. Oh, so. I have one. Uh, it's called. It's a Netflix original film called Bright. <laughs> uh, have you I've, watched that? I've been. Have you seen it? So chipping away at it. I'm chipping away at it. <laughs> at this point, it's I'm one movie. I'm I'm on session. It's I think like ninety minutes. I think I'm on session five. Honestly, what? of this movie, it puts me down <laughs> hard. Doesn't matter the time of day. Put this movie on within fifteen minutes. You'll be you'll be going down. Okay, and the best part is then you got to rewind it like five or so minutes to figure out what you missed. <laughs> Turns out it wasn't anything. It was just garbage dialogue between Will Smith being all Will Smithy and Joel Edgerton being literally inaudible the whole time. <laughs> I, I think it's odd that Will Smith has gone from top Hollywood actor to I'll do whatever David Ayer wants me to. What I understand what's well, going on in his career. That's, the know. thing is how it worked is that David Ayer, as much as Suicide Squad is a garbage trash piece of garbage. It made a ton of money. Yeah, sure. Right? So that's not exactly a bad thing for Will Smith to be in. Something that makes a ton of money. No. And I'm sure on set, David Ayer was like, I want to do this thing. Will Smith's like, oh, that's kind of cool. That's a cool concept. Because it is a cool concept. It's just poorly executed. It's just terrible. Because you don't care. It's a point where you're just like, like, exhausted (laughs) by the things that should make this movie interesting. Look, there's a whole scene where he comes out and he's like, Goddamn fairies always eating my bird feeder. James, then, do orcs and humans bang at all in it? Not yet. But do is it okay? Is it taboo? I mean, yeah. I, 
It's the most thinly veiled metaphor for race. Well, I, I know that much, <laughs> but, but so I didn't like, know if I mean, the I, they and, assume they do bang. Do they allude to orcs? You know, in humans, probably. Uh, I'm gonna probably I'm, do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a, on a limb and say David Ayer was never a good filmmaker. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I saw Fury. That's a tree, well, buddy. I, I saw Fury, and everybody it was reviewed very positively at like an 80 percent of Rotten Tomatoes. I went and saw the movie on my own because nobody would see it with me. I walked out of it. This is a garbage film. Everything is so predictable and easy. Like I knew immediately uh. every cliche in the book in a World War II film was in that movie, and people loved it. Well, and I hated it. This is a weird movie. If you watch it, which you shouldn't, uh, if you watch it, it is an eighty million dollar movie that looks like they spent twenty million dollars on it. Oh man! It's like, you know how Makeup's what's not the, cheap? What's the uh, Tom Cruise Jamie Foxx movie where they're in the taxi? Collateral. 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 That's a great movie. You know how that movie's like small and intense. Yeah. This is like only a slightly larger scale than that. Like just a slightly higher scale, so really? it's not like, like how it's intimate and yeah, like yeah, everything yeah. like that. It's just these two cops going through the city trying to save Oh, they're in a club now. Oh, they're in an alley now. It's never like a big thing. Nothing yeah. big happens. Well, he in made it. An end of watch. Except right? it's like you spent eighty million dollars on this, and then you feel you feel bad because Joel Edgerton had to show up to the set three a.m. every fucking day to yeah. put on this stupid mask, and then he's like. And then he's trying to do his lines. By the way, Joel Edgerton is an amazing actor. He is he's great. And so this everything Orc-der. he goes he goes. <laughs> Can't figure out anything he's saying. Uh, Hold on. You know what? There what? might be twenty, thirty million dollars that you haven't watched yet. <laughs> Maybe it all comes at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you. There might be some huge climax. Maybe right? he made end of watch and then he went end of watch with orcs. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing about this movie is it constantly forgets where everyone is at all times. Mm. Really? Like it's like like there didn't they just didn't have enough money to pay for a like a script consultant or someone to maintain continuity. So they'll like literally shoot scenes where Will Smith and Joel Edgerton are like having a conversation, and then a character will cartwheel into the scene. You're like, where was that? <laughs> I saw three of them when they walked in, but why didn't they show where that other character How's was at any point in time? Noomi Rapace. Pardon? She's always what the hell's good. her name. Noomi Rapace in it? Yeah. Isn't she? I don't know. There was a woman uh, that I kept seeing. Is it the elf woman? Uh, on the flip side. <laughs> <Excellent> <laughs> so I recommend this movie, little movie that could. Uh, I actually, real quick, I do want to go around and ask everyone what their, if you do have a. Uh, anticipated? Not anticipate. Because <laughs> uh, I don't know what's actually coming out this year. Black what? Black Panther uh, and Isle Avengers. Of, and Isle of Dogs. I don't know. Solo. And Isle of Dogs. Okay. Isle of Dogs. Isle of Dogs. Dope. Looks great. And uh, what's that movie? There's a show coming out. Jurassic World Fallen King. Fallen Kingdom. There's a show coming out in a couple I'm gonna weeks. I'm going to see it, but I don't, tell you I don't what want it. Is. If this movie, if so, here, if this movie comes out and is poorly reviewed, that's the biggest load of bullshit. <laughs> I knew you were going to okay? say that. Okay, because Jurassic World is a trash garbage movie. <laughs> all right, it's garbage, and but it did so well, and it was relatively okay reviewed. If it comes out and, and people are like, oh, but this one sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck you. They're the same. <laughs> oh. Uh, Altered Carbon is coming to Netflix and it looks dope. What's oh that? yeah, no. it's yeah. like a cyberpunk murder mystery cyberpunk, um, adapted from a novel. But it, okay. it looks, it looks uh, cool. Ready Player One, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. A, a story that I'm not crazy about. That the whole time you read the book, you're like, this would make a great movie in the right hands. I think mm. Steven Spielberg's gonna so. has the best opportunity to make that a kick-ass thing. There's uh, a new Duncan Jones thing coming to Netflix, I think, oh. this year. Uh, I forget what it's called, but that's also cyberpunk. Oh, you like Donkey J, right? I we, do like Donkey J. We Jones. don't get any Game of Thrones this year. None. Yeah. That's yeah. fine. 2019. Uh, I do recommend, if you did not see it, uh, we we talked about it earlier, or we later last year, uh, but uh, Blade Runner 2049 was probably my favorite film of last year. It's a great movie. Uh, the year before that, movie. it was Arrival, so 
Denny Villeneuve doing it again Dune. for me. Oh Is yeah, that? Dune. I mean, hey, he's a great filmmaker. I, hey, the, the, the guy's like six for six right now. Yeah. So this actually looks pretty rad. Doesn't least. it? Yeah. I, no, I made it. This unfortunately, Denis Villeneuve is Pope, he's on the uh, on the downturn there because excuse of, me because of well because of what happened with Blade Runner. Yeah, but it got um, rave reviews. I, I think he's did. okay. I hope so. I think I hope he is. But I, I think it did okay. That, that movie lost money. It okay. absolutely I, lost I, money. It'll, it'll make it back. It's I've re- fine. I've read a hundred times. I've like so many articles about how Blade Runner lost money. I'm I, don't so worry bummed about, about it. it. Don't that's, worry about it. But that's fine. the studio's gamble. Toss and break honestly. three. I hope so. That's the studio <laughs> going, we have this property and it's not making us any money. Maybe you can do something with it. And you go, how'd the first one do? It failed miserably until it gained a cold following <laughs> years later. <laughs> I know. Oh, so you want me to spend $300 million on this one? <laughs> yeah, sure. Even uh, right. Ridley Scott came out and said it was too long. He said oh, over and fuck over. Fuck you, Ridley I'm ser- Scott. I'm serious. He's, he's, he was like, because people asked me, he's like, why do you think it did so bad? He was like, it was, it was way too long. Ridley Scott, who recycles the same shot eight <laughs> times in his first movie. <laughs> well, hey, there was an alien in it. Yeah. <laughs> just go away. I'm just telling you, that's You don't what he know said. why your own movies are good just anymore. what he said. <laughs> God damn it. Baby you got Michelle lucky with the Martian. $80 to do a reshoots or whatever. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. I think, I think yeah. Justin Theroux is going to be in... Uh, I mean, there's very, there's Paul Rudd's in it. I don't can know. You, can you Google Justin Thoreau, Charlie's Angels? <laughs> That's right. He's in Charlie's Angels. Anyway, that, awesome that, and he's, he's awesome and jacked. He's so, also awesome and jacked as, and leftovers. As though. always here in Filmhouse, we want you to go out on a positive <laughs> note. Go watch Charlie's Angels full throttle. <laughs> That's my pick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and see uh, Justin Thoreau as an Irishman covered in oil. Back, baby, to me more's back. <laughs> Did she ever leave? Yeah, that's what was her big comeback movie. Oh. Although G.I. Jane was. No, 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 no. Mm. Demi Moore you came mean back. 2000s comeback, yeah. Oh, 2000s. Also, Striptease. Petered out. Striptease was before that. Yeah. That doesn't matter. I jerked off to it. Well, so did everybody. Did you? <laughs> Not did. really. Yeah, I did. Because you have to time it correctly. It didn't work out. Anyway, thanks for watching, everyone. Thank you, Lisa Mattress, for uh, <laughs> sponsoring this podcast. Thank you guys for coming. Thank you for listening. Tell a friend, why don't you? Mm. Let them know you, you saw this. The f- second episode of Film House of 2018. <laughs> <laughs> so many uh, qualifiers. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next time.